Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to another Parenthood episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you here. Thanks too for everyone that's been sharing, liking, subscribing, and can I ask a huge favor? I I don't ask very much. I give you guys two episodes a week, and I would love to ask you to do something. If you could do a nice written review on uh, on Apple Podcasts, because I'm pretty sure. No, we've established this. You can do a you can rate on Spotify, but you can't do a written review. But on Apple, you can. If you could do that, that would be amazing. It just helps other people to find the podcast, which is great. All right, so today I want to uh, I want to have a chat about emotional resilience and how we can build emotional resilience in our child. And I think this is one of the harder things for us to do because our emotions are involved, right? And there is nothing that brings out our emotions as a parent, like our kids being emotional. So this one is a little bit close to home. When something happens to our kids that, you know, it might make them sad or afraid or disappointed or they've been rejected or they've been left out or whatever it is or hurt in any way, we also feel it. And it brings out the mama bear and the papa bear in us because our kids' pain becomes our pain. So that's what I want to talk about today. How do we navigate that? Have you ever had a friendship strained? And maybe this was with a friend that you were really close with before you had kids, but then your friendship became strained because of an issue around your kids, like something maybe that their child did to yours or your child did to theirs, because it's really easy for us to take offense on behalf of our kids. In fact, it's not just easy. It's actually normal, guys, and it's really a natural thing for us to do. So I remember a few, well, years and years ago, our kids were really little. We went on a family holiday with um, really close friends of ours, and we still laugh about this, by the way. I'm not telling you guys anything that I don't talk about and laugh about with my friend. But our youngest, our youngest, all of our kids get along really well. Um, My friend's got three kids. I've got three kids. And our youngest, both boys, uh, always played together. They would play together till the cows came home. They got along so well. They always have. um, They still do now. Even when we holidayed a couple years ago near the beach, I think at one point I was like, where have the boys gone? I think they, I think they were on like a, a, um, what do you call it? Like a blow up boat, literally way out. It was probably quite dangerous really out in the middle of the ocean. Like anyone seen the boys, but anyway, they get along really well. They always have, but they've both got really strong personalities. It really cracks us up that they get along so well. But every now and then, when both of them want things their way, you know, the sparks can fly. Anyway, this particular holiday, we were actually overseas with our friends and my our boys probably had a little bit too much time together. Anyway, my friend's son wrote a letter, yes, a handwritten letter and delivered it. I think he left it on the bed, my, my little boy's bed 
telling him why he did not like him anymore and why he would no longer play with him. And well, my son, he was so cross. He was so mad, but really it was because he was upset, right? Now, even as close as we are to our friends, my first reaction on the inside of me immediately was to be annoyed and to get angry, right? Because we take on our own kids hurt. That's just what we do. And, you know, I wanted to go and discipline the other boy because, you know, I knew what I would do if my son did that to, to his friend. But, you know, it's funny, really, when we sit back and assess how another five-year-old or eight-year-old or 10-year-old or however old they are, how they can bring out so many emotions in us as an adult. Like, it's crazy. It's like, oh my gosh, how can another five-year-old make us so annoyed or so angry or so upset? But this is just a part of parenting. Um, It really, truly is. I remember seeing a quote once about how parenting is really having our heart walk around the rest of our lives outside of our body. And until you've got kids, you kind of don't know what that means. But once you've had kids, you're like, it really is. It's like pieces of my heart. I've got three kids, so three pieces of my heart are constantly walking around outside of my body um, because you feel everything that they feel. And yeah, so anyway, I wanted to uh, I wanted to give you two thoughts, or I talk about two thoughts today on building emotional resilience in our kids. And look, I could go into what is emotional resilience and why, but I. You guys know what I mean with emotional resilience, okay? I don't think I need to explain it, Um, and I certainly don't need to explain why. Uh, I think it's more important than ever before. In fact, I think we've got a generation who are probably the most emotionally unresilient than any generation I've ever seen. So I want to talk about um, two, two different things that I think can help us today, and when I share these things with you, it's because I completely understand. Like I've not only have I been there, I'm still there. It never goes away. It doesn't matter how old your kids become. You take everything on. And so the first thought that I have around this is we can't sit with them in the emotion. We have to lead them through it. So we can't sit with them in their emotion. We have to lead them through it. Let me start with a story on this one. Georgia, a couple of years ago, probably two and a half, maybe years ago, had a terrible car accident that was not her fault. And it happened on the freeway, which is like the worst place for an accident to happen here in Brisbane. But she actually called us at first while she was in the middle of it all happening. And both of us missed the call. But then she called again straight after it happened and I picked up my phone and I put it on loudspeaker and Cameron was nearby and she was quite hysterical. I remember she was crying and she goes, mom, mom, something terrible has happened. Mom, I don't know what to do. I've just been in a terrible accident. You know, now we've got a bit of a rule now after George has done that to us twice (laughs) where we've gone, guys, if you're going to ring us, can you maybe just say to us, Hey, mum and dad, I have to, I'm fine, but like, can you just let us know that bit? But she didn't, she was, she was hysterical. Like her voice was hysterical and she by nature is a very calm kid. She is not emotional at all. So when she gets like that, I'm like, oh, this is bad. 
Anyway, I remember Cameron and I looked at each other and we had hysteria in our eyes. <laughs> His eyes were like deer in a headlight. I was like, I could feel my voice beginning to heighten. And I did. I felt hysterical. I was like, what, what, what's happened? Where is she? Like, what's going on? Is she okay? Like, is she injured badly? And I just wanted to get to her immediately. But I did remember thinking, because I'm not good in emergencies, guys. I, I will tell you that straight up. I'm, I am bad. I think I might've told you guys that before. I'm not good. I'm a bit of a panicker. Um, but I remember thinking, hang on, if she's got the presence of mind to be able to get her phone and call me and she's talking to me, then she's not on death's door, right? Like she must be okay. So I calmed down immediately. Anyway, later on that night, after we after everything was all over and she was okay, her not her, her car wasn't okay, but um, Ashton said later that night to her, and we were nearby, he's like, oh man, mum and dad love you so much, Georgia. And we're like, why is that? And I'll never forget, he's like, because you should have seen the way they flew down the stairs and got into their car after you rang. I've never seen mum and dad move so fast. But that's what we do, right? We would do anything for our kids. But this is the thing. We can't get down into the emotion with them and stay there. We can't get into the chaos. We actually, our job as the adult is not to sit and and be in the emotion with them, but it's to lead them through it. Now, of course, we can have empathy. Of course, we can tell them, I know how you must feel. Uh, We can let them know that we understand and we can acknowledge it, but we cannot sit with them in the chaos. We are the parents. We are the adults in their lives. So our job is to help lead them through it. So after about a year after that, you would not believe it, but Georgia had a second car accident, not her fault again, two in a row, not her fault. And then a couple of bad things happened with um, a couple of her clients who are young people at her work, like pretty full on stuff where she had to take them to the hospital. So to be honest, I do think she had a little bit of PTSD after all of that. And I remember she rang me one night and she couldn't breathe properly. And I realized pretty quickly she was just panicking. So rather than me panicking with her, sitting with her in that emotion, I realized pretty quickly what was happening. So I stayed with her on the phone. I talked her through it. I told her that she was going to be fine. And then after that, guys, I also told her, I'm like, sweetie, that was completely normal. After everything you've been through, those couple of car accidents, these incidents at work. And I said to her, you know what, love, you do not have anxiety. You do not have panic attacks. You were just having a normal response to some life events. Can I please say, hear me with great compassion here. I think in part, and please hear me in part, so many kids have anxiety because we have forgotten how to lead them through their emotion. If we want to raise emotionally strong children, yes, we need to validate, but we can't get down in the mess and in the mud with them. We can't sit there in the emotion and in the chaos, even though we want to, even though we might feel like it and we might be feeling what they're feeling, we have to lead them through. I hear so many parents saying, oh, my child has 
anxiety or my child has depression or my child has this or my child has that. Again, with love and compassion, can I ask you, please don't say that. Our children believe what we tell them. I would say that one of my kids growing up had some anxious moments. Um, The personality of this child, probably very similar to me, very super sensitive, super aware, feels things deeply. And I would say a few times this child experienced some anxious symptoms. But what I did was I reassured that child. I'm like, hey, you're going to be fine. It's normal for you to feel this way right now because I think what what's happening is, and this is my observation as a teacher as well, we've become very quick to label kids with things. And while that might be necessary at times for some, I think that it is doing more harm than good. Our kids are going to experience things that are difficult. They're going to experience emotions, and some of these emotions are going to be hard for them. But just remember, what we need to do is validate and lead. Validate and lead. Lead them through. And it might be hard because we are feeling all of the emotions with them. That is normal. But it doesn't mean that we can just stay and sit in that place. So, you know, for example, it is hard when we see our kids, for example, get into trouble at school or a friend doesn't invite them to a party. We feel offended with them. We we feel, you know, we want to we want to stand up for them and we want to correct everything. Um, we want to sometimes rescue them, but we can't sit there with them in it. We have to get down in the dirt and then stand up, take their hands and get them to stand up. And we need to teach them how to lead them through it. And this brings me to my second thought around emotions. So not do we, not only do we not sit in the emotion and lead them through it, but don't shelter them from feeling the emotion. So in that process of leading them through it, you're not leading them to try and get away from it. You're leading them through the process of how to feel these emotions, but then how to walk through them and how to come out on the other side. So we can't shelter them because this is good for them. Let them feel the whole rainbow of every emotion possible. And that is going to be hard for us to watch. You know, there's nothing like watching your little two or three-year-old crying and crying because they're disappointed or they're sad about something. But instead of trying to fix it for them, it's okay to allow them to feel these things because it's a chance for them to build their resilience muscles, their emotional resilience muscles. Rescuing them all the time is not good for them. They have to learn how to have emotions and how to process them. What you're actually doing is giving them a life lesson for when they take on the real world. So it's not about um, not having emotions, but it's about not letting their emotions dominate them. 
So this is why I was never a fan of this. You know, I've been a teacher for a long time, but there's been a period of time where all of a sudden it was every kid gets a medal for participating in sport sports day. Do you, do you guys remember that? Anyway, it happened at our school where it went from only the first, second and third get a medal to, oh, everyone gets a medal for participating. I'm not into that. That's not real life. We need to teach them that some people are better at some things and that's okay. Some people will be celebrated today and today might not be my turn. You know, I've even seen parents who buy a little gift for the sibling who is not having a birthday. So if one sibling's having a birthday and they're going to have a party and they're going to have, you know, presents, that the parents will buy a little gift for the other sibling. What? So what they're trying to do is shield their kid from feeling an emotion, which is an emotion they need to feel, by the way, because it teaches them not to be selfish. So don't shield our kids because it's actually not doing them any favors to the point where I actually think this is partly where anxiety is coming from. We have shielded them from feeling normal emotion. So now normal emotion is so uncomfortable, everyone's labeling it anxiety. Let me say that again. We've shielded them from feeling normal emotion. So now normal emotion has become so uncomfortable, we're labeling it anxiety. So if your child isn't invited to a party, that's okay. That's life. Help them process it because that is building emotional resilience. If they're scared to do something, that's okay. You walk them through it. I'm right here with you, bud. You don't give them an out to not do that scary thing. I remember book week one year. You know how the kids all dress up for book week, right? I hate a book week, even though I love books. Ashton really wanted to dress up as this this boy in this book series he's got called Hey Jack. So we went to so much effort. We got this big box and we made him this kind of like robot costume and we painted it. And then when we got to the car park, I'll never forget it. He refused to put it on. He was too shy. He was too scared. He was too embarrassed. Now, a lot of parents don't know how to handle this and they're kind of like, oh, fair enough. They're embarrassed and they let them just instead of walking through the emotion, they let the emotion dominate and they just get let their kid get away, their child get away with it. But that's not something that we've kind of done in our household. So I remember talking him through it. And man, when he wants to be stubborn, he can be stubborn. I'm like, bud, this is what you wanted. I know you're a little scared or shy right now. So, you know, acknowledge the emotion but we went to a really big effort to make this. Now you need to put it on and you need to go inside. Well, he cried and he carried on. He was literally having a meltdown. So I just persisted. And I even had to get a bit cranky and cross with him. Um, I had to discipline him through his emotion. Sometimes it's not about just encouraging them through their emotion. Sometimes it will call for discipline and I had to discipline him through with Um, I can't even remember what I said now, but it was basically put on this costume or else. Um, And because my kids had been trained to be obedient, it wasn't long before he actually did do what I told him. But even I remember Georgia was like, oh, mom, I feel so sorry for him. But I was unrelenting because I was trying to teach him that sometimes in life, we just have to push past how we feel or we're just always going to bow out of things. 
So there you go. I think one of the reasons this is so difficult is because often we might have trouble processing our own emotions or maybe we haven't dealt with some of our own emotions because I think that's a lifelong journey, isn't it? Um, You know, we just think that we deal with something and then something else comes up and it's a normal life process that, you know, even though we're the parents, we're not perfect and we don't have it all together. Um, And so I think that's something I could probably talk about maybe next week is how not to parent out of our emotions, because that's a whole other thing and really difficult to do, you know, and I, I know I have done that many times. Um, and it's really good to have someone that you're accountable to. Like Cameron was really good for me in that way where he will, and, and the same with me for him. So anyway, I think that's a whole other topic to talk about, about not parenting out of our emotions, but there you go. There's two, two thoughts on, uh, helping or starting to build resilience in our kids. So, and look, this can be, again, it's about being consistent because it can be exhausting. Like our kids can feel every emotion, you know, within a 10 minute period, they can go from elation and being so happy and excited to moody, to upset, to angry. Um, you know, and as parents, sometimes it's just easier just to go, Oh, I can't be bothered dealing with it and just to give in. But if you can try and think to yourself when it comes to emotion, that your goal and your aim is to build emotional resilience, then just remember those two things, okay? So you don't let them just sit in it and get away with it. You lead them through it. And then secondly, the way that you lead them through it is you allow them to feel it and you don't shelter them from feeling their emotions. So I hope those two things helped. I've no doubt you guys could tell me a thousand stories about your kids with their emotions and how hard it is not to not to give in to that. So anyway, I hope that that's helped you. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to be back with you on Wednesday. Come and join me there for one of our cultural chats. Uh, otherwise, I will see you next Friday for Parenthood Friday. Until then, have the most wonderful week. Thanks, guys. Bye. <music>